Hello, my name is Kelsey Grissom. I'm a clergywoman and ordained elder in the South Central District. Before I begin, please excuse my head cold today. I know I don't sound the prettiest. Today, the scripture I'll be talking about is Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Let's hear that scripture passage now. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I am old enough that I grew up before Apple Maps or Google Maps, and even before MapQuest. It was the age of give your friends directions over the phone, simple and colorful enough that they might remember them as they drive, unguided by GPS, to your home. I can still hear the way my parents describe the way to our house, to anyone who might be coming over for supper club, to pick us up for an outing, to bring over some item or another. They'd say this, when you turn into the neighborhood, you're going to go straight. At the first four-way stop, turn left, then take the next turn onto Meadowbrook Way. We're the first driveway on the left. Gray house, blue shutters, a lot of pine trees. You'll see a big magnolia right near the road. If you start seeing brick houses everywhere, you've gone too far. Most of the time, people made it there and knew that house when they saw it. It was distinct enough from our neighbors' houses that, with a little heads up, people knew when they'd arrived. What about you? Do you remember an age before MapQuest? Do you remember how you or your parents used to describe how to get to your home? We'll come back to this in a moment. Today's scripture that I read just a minute ago is known as the Beatitudes, and usually it's referred to by highly educated people as a series of eschatological blessings. That is a fancy way of saying blessings for the end of the world. The idea is that because Jesus gives the promise of blessing to each group in the future tense, blessed are they who mourn for they will be comforted, that he must mean some far off time, such as when God makes a new heaven and a new earth and there are no more tears. That is probably true. I have no doubt that God intends for all of these blessings to be fully realized at the end of time, at the coming of the Lord. But I don't think that they are just eschatological blessings, blessings for the way far off future. I think, and see if you don't agree, that Jesus intends for these blessings now. Do you remember what Jesus said in the synagogue not long before this passage? When he showed up and unrolled the scroll of Isaiah and read to those who were present, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, 
to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Well, and it seems that Jesus is starting with this proclamation of good news to the poor right here on this mountain with the crowds gathered and his disciples nearby. And then he doesn't just seem to say these blessings right now. He also begins to enact them. He realizes them. He makes them happen. He doesn't just say word blessings for the future over people. He blesses people's real lives in the present moment. And when he does, it looks something like this. I'm going to line up each of the times, the examples I have of Jesus blessing people's real lives in the present with one of these beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus gave Nicodemus, who just didn't understand this stuff, time and attention, teaching him how to receive the Spirit in a way Nicodemus had never imagined was possible. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And Jesus met Mary and Martha in their grief, wept with them, and restored their brother Lazarus to life. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, who could not get the courage to ask Jesus to heal her, was healed with the brush of a cloak. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And the Syrophoenician woman, who was so hungry for righteousness, she would accept crumbs from the children's table like a dog, was granted her plea. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. And Stephen, who prayed for the people who were stoning him as they tried to kill him, saw a vision of the Son of Man standing next to God. And although he was being stoned, his death was described as falling asleep. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And Jesus held up children as an example to all disciples, children who were forgotten, dismissed, the least important, in fact, just a moment ago, had been told to shoo. Children became the model of discipleship. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And Cornelius and Peter were both brave enough to listen to the voices of God they each heard and meet together in Cornelius's house, Gentile and Jew, to recognize that God was calling all people to God's self. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And all those people, men and women, gathered in the upper room in fear for their lives, became recipients of the Holy Spirit, witnesses to the power of God. Jesus didn't just mean these blessings for the end of time. Everywhere Jesus goes, Jesus builds his kingdom, and his kingdom looks like a place where people who are forgotten and left behind in our world, those who mourn, those who are poor in spirit, those who are weak, those who seek peace instead of an advantage, are valued and honored. 
when Jesus's kingdom is being built, those are the places where the overlooked are served first. So a first question for you today is this. Are you in a place where who you are or what you need is not valued or recognized by the world around you? Can you believe that Jesus sees you and knows and loves you not because of who you might become if you try hard enough, but simply because of who you are right now? That Jesus blesses you here just as you are. If so, then take a moment to ask Jesus for what you need now. And a second question comes in a moment. At the beginning of this podcast, I told you how people found my parents' house in an age before MapQuest and Google Maps. You thought about how people used to find your house, what descriptors you gave for the way. Well, despite all our technological advances, the kingdom of heaven is one of those places you won't find on Apple Maps. It's one of those spaces GPS can't help us locate. But here in the Beatitudes, we are given directions, a description of what to look for. In the kingdom of heaven, all people are valued, even and especially the pure in heart that we overlook, the merciful that we secretly and cynically laugh at, those who are persecuted who we say, I'd better keep my distance from them lest I get in trouble too. When you go looking for the kingdom of heaven, phone thrown in the back seat because it won't help you out on this, these are the things you will look for. Churches where vulnerable children and elderly people are honored. Organizations where employees are allowed the time they need to grieve. Businesses that look for ways to cooperate rather than consume. Pastors who are not exalted and lifted high, but live as humble as fishermen and midwives. Church boards that refuse to settle for less than peace, even on the thorniest issues. These will be your signs, your directions, and when no other app or device will help you find the kingdom, these will. And likewise, if you find yourself in a place where everything looks different from this, you've gone too far. So here's that second question. If everyone is building something, and everyone is, are the folks you work with every day building the kingdom of God or some other kingdom? And what about you? What are you building in the choices you make and the people you honor and value? Is there anything you want to change that does not seem to be taking you closer to the kingdom of God? Let us pray together. Dear God, you not only notice, but take the time to love and bless those whom everyone else has forgotten. We thank you because sometimes we are that person, the one everyone forgot or overlooked or did not value. And yet you looked at us and saw a beloved child of God. Thank you for noticing and help us to live into that identity. At the same time, we know that there are lots of people out there that we fail to see as children of God, that we fail to notice, that we fail to honor. 
Help us to look for those that the world overlooks, to honor those who are dismissed and left behind, and in so doing, to join you in your work of building the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.